0: Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storms grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us
1: has a clue what we're doing.
0: And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week we discuss things you don't want to give up after your pregnancy. It's sociably unacceptable, but you will want to do it. Body image. So this for me has been really challenging because I'm now...
1: Heavier with reason, but my brain still hasn't
0: caught up with the reason. And Graham Hall is on hand to give us some helpful tips on how to get our dog used to the idea of a new arrival. I
2: know, it sounds ridiculously simple, but you'd be surprised how often we get that wrong.
0: Hello. Hello. So, how are you feeling today? Today, I am great. In fact, I am. Um, I should start with an apology because I am knackered. But I'm not just like your average level of tiredness. I'm like if you sleep-deprived tiredness for eight months, then made it sit a GCSE maths exam, then run five marathons, then cook dinner for the Waltons and entertain them for a week... Uh, and then allowed tiredness to just about fall asleep, and just at the point where sleep's starting to take hold, march a brass band into the room, and that that is at the point in which I could <laughs> equate my tiredness.
1: I'm sorry rather than laughing at your plight, which I deeply sympathize with, I am laughing at the fantastic imagery you
0: provided to describe this. it's disgusting it feels I feel like death warmed up. I'm somewhere between, you know, hell and death. Anyway. And what is the particular reason, or does the particular reason begin with O and
1: end in tis?
0: I'm going to direct it less at the small child downstairs, but more just at motherhood in general. Um, And what's weird is that nothing's happened to make me tired. I am just... Sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and slaps you across the face. And do you feel that then... We're talking a cumulative
1: effect rather than any particular incident or recent sleepless nights. This is eight solid months of build up. This is a an avalanche that began yeah, many think- months ago think- and is now the snow is buried. <laughs>
0: So yes, I think that's a really good analogy. I would say that the tiredness sort of undulates, and at the moment I'm at a dip, and occasionally just the joys of motherhood brings you up above the parapet and you can breathe fine. And then occasionally just the woes of motherhood will bring you right back down again with a bang. So it's just it is a roller coaster, a, you know, an enjoyable roller coaster, but but, an, but a roller coaster all the same. And tiredness makes you do some weird and wonderful things. Like this morning, I made my cereal in the dog's bowl. It was a dirty dog's bowl, but thankfully I did realise before I started eating. Here's the mum squad with their stories of new mum exhaustion.
3: Hi, I'm Emma. I was once so sleep deprived, I put um, my baby's dirty nappy in the laundry basket, where I really should have put it in the bin, but no, with the laundry instead.
4: <laughs> the most fatigued thing I've done as a new mum was put a cup of tea in the fridge and um, That's what I did. I was so tired, but I've done many, many things.
0: It's Fiona here. So the most ridiculous new mum exhaustion thing that I did was with my twin boys. They must have been maybe about eight weeks old, and I was attempting to get out of the house for a walk. And after feeling like what was moving house, um, I got out of the house, um, had the babies in the pram, walked to the end of the driveway onto the street and looked down and realised I was still wearing my slippers. So that was pretty and a pretty emotional moment for me. Um, I ended up in tears and walked back to the house.
3: Hi this is Elizabeth from Glasgow. The most ridiculous thing I did last year when my wee boy was only a couple of months old in my state of absolute exhaustion was carried him downstairs after his nap, um, passed by his baby monitor, noticed that there was no baby in the cot My stomach absolutely flipped and I ran halfway back up the stairs and then realised that my baby was in my arms.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, because whenever you speak to mums who have had babies in recent times, I find that a very common thread is, God, this terrible thing happened to me and you never sleep and everything is horrendous and your vagina is destroyed and they really (laughs) top load (laughs) it with horrific stuff. But then they're like, oh, but it's the best thing you'll
0: ever do. Right? I'm like, doesn't it sound like it? It's so funny because before, and you'll know this yourself now, when you're pregnant, you know, you tell someone you're pregnant and it's just their face lights up. They're like, oh, and you think what you're seeing is joy. And they're like, yes, somebody else can go through what I'm going through. And they're you like, only find that out once you get to the other side it's a startled joy it's like
1: oh congratulations as if you're watching a car careering towards a cliff no, I'm I'm familiar with the look because I'm living for those moments right now because when you feel so ropey or tired or sick and you have a bit of a down moment and then you get to tell someone new and they're like oh is it your first and you're like yeah they're like oh how fantastic i'm like is it good you are saying that stranger and i trust you and support you (laughs) and that makes me feel better for five minutes so yeah i i totally understand that look but they're they are filled with doom if you ask them any follow-up questions <laughs> they're like oh good look
0: forward to never sleeping a wink again and you're like okay thanks it is a really hard <laughs> thing to describe because although I'm sort of I, I am sort of the bringer of doom at this point it is it is genuinely <laughs> wonderful and it has so many joyous moments like I was just feeding Otis about an hour ago and he went through about seven emotions in one go and I've never been more entertained Like, I could have watched the whole series of Breaking Bad and not had as much joy and drama as I did just in that, you know, that two minutes. So, no, it does. He he
1: gets that from his mum. I get that from most of my conversations with you. So that's definitely genetic. Yep,
0: yep, yep. I think so. And my mother-in-law keeps going, I just think his wee facial expressions are so like yours. I was like, what? Because he just can't hide an emotion. (laughs) Everything. I... uh... I actually genuinely think he
1: is beginning to look more like you, though. And I I do believe that babies, particularly the eldest, start to take on more of their mum's mannerisms and characteristics, like your mother-in-law says. But from pictures, I do think he's more storm-leaning now
0: in the looks department. They say that the baby looks more like their dad just to keep it, like when it's first born, just to keep the dad around. So Otis is obviously feeling pretty confident that that dad's sticking (laughs) about, so he's letting his true genetics shine. (laughs) Anyway, he'll be
1: he'll be blow drying his hair and reading the news, and <laughs> oh, he'll be like, "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> um, when he starts putting on the false eyelashes, I might hold it there for a wee bit. <laughs> Let's wait till high school for that. Um, so, listen, it's about you. Do we know what size the baby is? We are week 12, we've come to the end of the first trimester, we're heading, clearing into the second, which is phenomenal. But do we know so... what size the baby is, what you're growing? It is a lime, and I like limes. I'm really fond of limes in all cuisines. Add some so rum, I... not advisable, and you've yeah. got yourself a meal. Well,
1: <laughs> exactly, so I'm, I'm comfortable with a lime. But oh my god, I'm huge. And we talked about this last episode because there was suddenly a pop as we were going towards 12 weeks where there was no doubt now that I was pregnant. It was like, you know, clearly, baby was like, I'm ready to tell people, I know you're not ready, but I'm just going to tell them anyway. And now it's worse. So there's serious bumpage going on, which then obviously triggers a lot of things. I'm like, is that normal? We talked about my spacious uterus or <laughs> what's going on in there. Uh, so we find out on Thursday whether that is normal and why there's like a two foot massive lime in there um, and why things are the way they are. I'm, I'm hoping for every single answer to any question I have this this uh, midwife scan. I mean,
0: I don't know if it does make a difference, but you are not, we've said already, you're not the tallest um, of humans, and therefore a lime inside of you would be very different <sighs> to a lime inside of me, for example. Like, it's got a mm. lot of body to sort of smoosh itself about in.
1: Yeah, I feel also, though, during the dark, dark month of February when all I did was vomit, violent and cry, there was a lot of ginger biscuits consumed. <laughs> I wonder if, like, a lot of that, <laughs> it's like... 80% Ginger Biscuit and 20% Ginger Baby at the moment, <laughs> potentially. Uh, so, yeah, we'll find out that every that I trust and hope that everything is uh, going okay on Thursday. But, it, oh, God, it has been, as you say, a roller coaster. It has been a bumpy old ride to get here. And I know that a million other people have it worse, and I'm very, very fortunate to be in this position and be at 12 weeks and have a bump and the hopes of a continued-to-term pregnancy. But it is rough, and I feel bad for having less sympathy for pregnant women in the past. I feel so much sympathy for women going to work in really serious making life or death decisions type jobs when they're feeling this bad i have great sympathy for people who are in an unstable position at work and who for who getting pregnant really is challenging and it's a very scary financial prospect for them so i have huge sympathy for everyone and i take back every sassy little blog that i did about motherhood when I was starting out as a journalist and I was like I know what I'll write about how much I never want to have kids and everyone who chooses to have kids that and you know I actually remember quotes from this particular article I'm thinking of which did very well because it spoke to a lot of young uh 20 somethings at the time (laughs) whose friends were starting to have kids but I cringed so hard because I'm like yes that was relevant and made sense when I was 21 22 or whatever it was I wrote it but now I am eating that humble pie. I'm mm. eating it. It's going right on top of that line, baby. So, yeah, it's a lot to, to consider it's a lot to think about. My dog is going ballistic. Funny.
0: I can't really hear it in the background, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. We'll, we'll get to the dog in a moment. So your body has changed. Mm. The baby is popping. Yeah. How are you feeling about your body? Honestly... It's been quite difficult
1: because I come from <laughs> uh, a line of people who are big on exercise. You know, they're runners, they're sports people, etc. And I have always, I, I wonder to avoid have struggled with my ma- my with my weight because I've never been, you know, obese or anything. But I have struggled with the way I feel about my weight in the past. Mm. And I think the the smallest I ever was was a size four, which is. Teeny tiny, I think that's probably a zero in American. That's And it's fluctuated completely back and forth over the last 20 years. So, this for me has been really challenging because I'm now heavier with reason, but mm-hmm. my brain still hasn't caught up with the reason. So, you know, I'll say, oh God, you know, I'm not complaining about the way I look and about feeling fat. And Sandy will say, you're not fat you're pregnant you're meant to be putting on weight but there's some disconnect there for me with the what I see when I look in the mirror and you know the happiness I feel about having a baby and I wish I was one of these sort of like earth mamas who was very comfortable and was like you know I'm just listening to my body I'm just feeding my body what it wants. um but I do not feel like that and it's been difficult and i Sandy's really struggled with it because he really supports me and thinks I look good and all the rest of it but I've been, un- been unable to find clothes that fit so I'm getting ready for my day and I'm like oh, nothing fits me and there's nothing worse as I'm sure you've experienced mm-hmm. than trying on stuff and going I literally have no clothes that I can properly wear because they don't <laughs> fit. So we went shopping at the weekend and I refused to try anything on. I find it really triggering to like go into a change rooms and I have to see myself semi clothed and try on clothes that may or may not look good. So I just bought them uh, with a look to try them on at home. I got remeasured for a sports bra so we're on to H now. <laughs> Oh, so, geez. Yeah, so um, Sandy so called uh, the double GG the good God era, and now we're on to the, the H, which is yet to find a name for. Um, the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. All one word. And uh, yeah, so we went shopping, and I've still to try on the clothes because I'm nervous to do it. So there's a lot going on there, and mm. I. Hope that now that I feel a bit physically better, I'm able to go back to the gym, and then at least I can think, oh, I'm you know I'm doing some stretching and moving my body because I've done very little moving of the body mm-hmm. uh, so far in the last couple of months. So I've gone from going to the gym and lifting weights and going the odd run and walking a lot to essentially <laughs> being so kind of bedridden boob creature. Uh, so yeah, I I'm, I'm hoping that a move towards more exercise is gonna help that and just generally feeling a bit better and being able to tell people that I'm pregnant. So my fear about folk looking at me and going, Oh God, she's heavy <laughs> Or she's <laughs> she's packed on some pounds they'll be like, Oh yes, of course she's pregnant. And weirdly someone actually said to me today, You're looking very well and it was as if subtitles flashed up beneath what they were saying because all I read or heard was you've filled out or you're looking heavy and all she said was you're looking very well oh, and, and and I immediately caveated it with well you're not you're not pregnant because I have that you know fear they're just like oh god no I didn't so yeah I, I'm hoping this is a phase and it's just one of these things that if you have poor body image and you have a bit of dysmorphia or you have bad history with self-esteem and the way you look that this will be a process like any other we talk about you know you will go through it
0: what you're going through is very very normal in terms of lots and lots of people feel that way um, because your body does absolutely change and I think there probably was a point for me when my body started to get bigger but it wasn't quite big enough to justify calling it a pregnant body that it was just like it probably just looked like me if i'd if i'd eaten a bit too much for a few months and needed to sort of rein it back in and i hated that bit but once i started to get into the maternity wear and as you said people knew i was pregnant i absolutely loved having a pregnant belly you never had to hold your belly in for pictures the bigger the better yeah. you know i was wearing clothes that fit. everything was elasticated <laughs> but as your body changes in pregnancy it can be difficult to adjust so here is psychotherapist lucy beresford with some advice for those early days of pregnancy
4: one of the most beautiful ways of getting through this transition time when you can't tell anyone why your body is changing is to change your mindset and to really lean into how incredible it is that your beautiful body is making this other human being and it's your secret, it's your private joy that your breasts are getting bigger and you're getting a swell and things are changing for this really beautiful reason. Even if you are suffering from morning sickness and you're feeling really grotty and you're starting to get comments from people which is really their stuff, not yours. It's very much about leaning into your private joy. But this incredible thing is happening to my body. My beautiful, strong, powerful, nourishing body is creating a new life. And for now, no one else knows that I've got that superpower. If you can reframe it in that way, it will help you get over those few weeks where everything feels ever so slightly out of control, probably for the first time in many years that you haven't really had that control of your body. But that's because this really beautiful thing is happening.
0: I think that's such an incredible way of looking at things, particularly in those early days. But it really doesn't help when you don't have clothes to fit. But fortunately, Rachel did find some. We got given these. Um, this amazing friend of Sandy's the
1: evening of the big shop which I've yet to try on this wonderful girl who I've yet to be sent over a full maternity wardrobe she's like I'm not having any more kids is Rachel interested in any maternity clothes so I ended up feeling more comfortable Amazing. trying on someone else's clothes because uh, in a weird way because I had no idea. I knew she was similar height to me but I had no idea what um, size she was. So I was just trying them on blindly. And oh my God, maternity jeans are an absolute game changer. It's like, you could not be pregnant but just eat a load of pasta and still want to wear those things. The belly is fully out. Like, (laughs) I I look like I love beer. (laughs) That's what I look like. I just have this enormous stomach in this elasticated pouch. And it is just... Completely life-changing. I've, I wore them today and yesterday. And now I feel less, I don't want to say disgusted with myself, but I feel
0: much more like this is a pregnant stomach. Yeah. And also, just a word of warning, there'll be two things uh, when your baby arrives that you won't want to give up. One will be your maternity wear. Jeans included. Jeans actually specifically. And the other one will be your giant pregnant pillow that you will eventually get. Sandy will hate it and he will want it out. He will hide it when you're not at home. But you will not want it to leave your side. (laughs) It will be your bed partner for life. I'm just imagining me
1: taking it to work. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) This is Steven. This is Steven.
0: Please ask no further up questions. <laughs> it's sociably unacceptable, <laughs> but you will want to do it. So we decided to ask you what you didn't want to give up after pregnancy. So we'll start with Seren, who really touched my heart because she didn't want to give up her long hair.
4: I had twin boys that arrived four weeks early, so caught us on the hop. Life was so incredibly chaotic. I didn't have time to breathe, let alone style my hair. So my lovely long locks were chopped off to a short back and sides to be able to cope better.
0: That must have been really difficult. But the more common answers we received were to do with maternity wear, particularly those maternity bras.
3: With regard to what I did not want to give up after my babies were born um, was definitely um, those stretchy, um, no wire, um, feeding bras. Um, and I did feed both of my girls for pretty much a full year. Um, you know, by the time they were a year old, I was probably giving up the last, um, feed, but I wore the bras for at least another two years afterwards because the thought of, getting back into an underwire in particular it just felt monstrous to me Um, because man those those stretchy bras are really comfortable hi it's Gillian from Edinburgh here the thing I didn't didn't want to give up after my maternity was my ever so comfy but disgustingly gray maternity bra I lived in that thing for three years after I stopped breastfeeding the shame
0: Hi ladies, this is Carly from South Wales. So um, once I had given birth, I really didn't wanna let go of a maternity dress that I was wearing whilst pregnant. It was so comfortable and I felt so confident wearing it. Um, So now in the winter, if I'm feeling a little bit subconscious, I'll put that maternity dress back on. And yeah, it's just a wonderful, great,
3: comfort thanks ladies
0: so listen it was mother's day this week did sandy do anything for mother's day or did he like care not acknowledge that you were a mother until the baby actually arrived (laughs) well see he
1: did hint at doing something for mother's day and i was up for being treated so i went along with it we went for lunch after our shopping i want to say spree but that makes it sound much more successful than it was um and we went for pasta. I'm basically I'm moaning about my body, but I'm also eating almost purely pasta at this point. I'm just like, yeah, what did uh what did Kara do? Did you have a more successful first Mother's Day? Did you get gifts from your child who was did. obviously very aware that it was
0: Mother's Day? <laughs> I got gifts and cards and Ker had done um like a, one of these little Picture things with his little handprint and his footprint, and then a picture of him and I in the middle, which was absolutely gorgeous. Um, And this big card telling me how wonderful I'm doing at being a mother, which you do need reminding of because it is a kind of losing battle. And uh, also wine glasses because wine has become quite an important feature. (laughs) (laughs) Not in an unhealthy way. Um, Just on a Friday when uh, that tiredness slaps me in the face, I think. Eight o'clock, once the baby's gone to bed, a little glass of vino is exactly what I need. Nice. So I got um, I got some some fancy wine glasses. And yeah, it was lovely. We went out for a pub lunch and Otis was really well behaved. He sat in a high chair for the first time and he waved. Oh, that's such a good Mother's Day gift.
1: Do you think that him and Cara have been practising in private for a week? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a drill. A one, <laughs> I do. A one, two, three, Wait. four, and Wave. <laughs>
0: And we're still doing the weaning process, so that's good. Today I watched a meat, and I thought, this is very akin to somebody on a Saturday night at like three o'clock in the morning trying to <laughs> chow down on a kebab where they've got fistfuls of meat, but you're not quite sure whether they're hitting the right orifice <laughs> to shove it into. So they try the eyeball and the oh. nose first and then eventually they get it into their mouth and then they eat it in such a way that... It actually makes it look quite nice
1: Bunny is crying like crazy at the door So I'm going to have to let her out So at least
0: two seconds Demon dog Now listen, uh, Bunny's been cast outside And we're probably going to hear her calling Trying to get back in How is the dog coping? Do you think Bunny knows that you're pregnant?
1: So we are having quite big issues with Bunny at the moment And she has been a dog with issues For the three years that I've had her However, they've all been manageable, much like my own issues, and we've made workarounds. Uh, This time, it's gotten a bit more serious because she has got a history of, I'm going to say, mild resource guarding. And the resource, so resource guarding for people who are unfamiliar, is when the dog, for example, has a high-value treat or toy. Another dog or person comes near and they go for them. They attack. However, with Bunny, the resource is me. And so if something, a dog or someone that she appears to be a threat, but it's usually another dog, comes near me, then they are getting bitten in the face. Not hard, but it sounds terrible. It's like, and it's like... They'll it's, it's, It sounds horrendous and the teeth are bared and whatever. And people get a real fright because they have these lovely, friendly dogs. And obviously, Sandy's got a pub. We would, And it's a super dog-friendly pub, but Bunny is not a pub-friendly dog. So we would love to take her down there and hang out and chill all day, but if anyone, any other dog comes near me or a bag, a bag of mine as well, she seems very attached, very protective of anything that could be considered my stuff. I mean, she's an absolute 10 out of 10 guard dog, but we just never asked for that. <laughs> I mean, we haven't trained her thus, but she is just like absolutely ready to kill if someone comes near my handbag that has nothing in it but the main concern is that when the baby comes the baby will be somehow endangered by her and some folk to comfort me I assume go oh but she might just get super protective of the baby and I'm like that's still not that ideal because if granny comes over to lift Mm. up the baby or you know someone else comes to the house and and starts cuddling the baby and the dog goes for it that's you know That's serious business. And I adore this dog as if it is my firstborn child. So the bond there is so huge. And I've already made so many sacrifices to keep her in my life. And my whole life really revolves around Bunny. But the reality is that the next step is for the whole world to start revolving around Baby. So I don't know what the balance looks like. I don't know how to protect baby and make bunny feel better and less anxious so i'm currently contacting loads of behaviorists i even tweeted dogs behaving badly the other day and was like
0: hey need a new case study and here is the main man himself the dog father graham hall presenter of dogs behaving badly with just some advice on how to get your fur babies ready for your human babies
2: hello storm it's graham hall um now, I know that lots of people have got dogs uh, and quite often get a dog before they get a baby uh, and then worry about how to get the dog used to the new baby coming along. So I think there's uh, quite a few things to to be thinking about. Um, one, uh, I would say, first golden rule really is start as early as you can. Um, as soon as you find out you're pregnant... Um, now's a good time to start. In fact, you could even start before you know you're pregnant if you're you're trying for a baby. Um, Don't worry, by the way, if you're listening to this and you've got two weeks to go, uh, it's not too late. There's lots of things you can be doing. The first thing, I think, is to teach your dog to be calm. Uh, Now, that might sound a bit sort of simple, but the fact is that in a lot of dog training we we sort of rev them up. Um so if you've ever been involved in things like agility and flyball, even competition obedience, the standard way that we praise a dog is that kind of whoopee doo excited stuff. And when you're teaching a dog to be calm around a baby or a little one, or even elderly people actually, um You're going to want to praise that dog when they are calm, and if you do that in that kind of whoopie doo way, you can kind of see that's a mismatch. So the way I always do it is is to stretch my words out. So if you imagine uh, there's a big difference between saying, "Let's call the dog Fido," right? Oh, good boy, Fido! Ding, 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 right? Uh, Stretch those words out, even lose a couple of words. Good boy. Now, suddenly, that starts to sound, well, a bit like a lullaby. It's that keeping things calm. So the golden rule there is, for calm behaviour, praise them in a calm way. (laughs) I know, it sounds ridiculously simple, but you'd be surprised how often we get that wrong. Dog calms down, we go, yeah, good boy. Before you know it, he's jumping up in the air again. Now, there are going to be certain areas of the house that you might want to keep for you and the baby there might be a room that you don't want the dog to go in it could be that your dog currently is on the sofa by the way generally I have no problem with that my dogs often have a cuddle with me on the sofa but when you're with the baby it may well be you want that to be your little safe space bit of a sanctuary for you um, so get them used to that now that actually sorry buddy it's out of bounds so as they try to get up just put them down, and they'll try again, put them down, try again, put them down. Don't get angry with them. You could say no, just to make it clear. They'll be a bit confused to start with, but then as you start to praise them, or even give them a treat if they're that way inclined, when they're on the floor, right? Um, they start to go, OK, OK, I get it. So I'm not allowed up there anymore, but if I stay down here, everybody loves me, there's something in it for me, OK, happy days. And you could even put a dog bed maybe just by the sofa so that it's like that's your place this is our place and then it all makes sense and final quick tip um by the way that process you can do with the room as well Uh, as a dog uh, goes to cross a threshold let's say into a bedroom that you're going to be using it's like "Ah, ah, no and you make them back up they'll soon get it you would be surprised how quickly dogs understand oh right okay there's like an invisible barrier here is So i'm not allowed through there but i'm a good boy if i stay here Or good girl of course and um, finally, um, you may well have heard the advice that when mum is having the baby in the, uh, in the hospital, for example, partner comes home and gives the dog a piece of clothing that smells of the baby. Right. Good advice and also bad advice, depending what you do with that item of clothing. Let me explain. If you come back with the item of clothing and go, there you go, Fido, have a good old sniff at that. Fido's then the ragging it round kind of dog. <laughs> right? He He's running around the, the, the dining room with that piece of clothing and, and, you know, God forbid, sort of tearing at it and that kind of thing. That's not the behaviour you want to associate with that smell, is it? So I would come back nice and calm. Dog's going to be really excited What's happening? Where are? Where's? Where's? What's going on? All of that kind of thing. Sit down. Maybe make yourself a cup of tea first if you're that way inclined. That's the sort of thing. Sit down. Calm down with that item of clothing uh, and just sit there. And they'll be really interested. So you let them have a little sniff. And if they if they're sniffing and being kind of respectful, if we can say that of dogs, not wanting to anthropomorphize, personify dogs too much here, um, you then say they're a good boy. What we're doing is making that association that if you're calm in the presence of this smell well we think that's great good boy good girl so couple of thoughts start early um make a few areas that are boundaries think about rewarding things that are calm in a calm way that way you'll get more of it um yeah and finally that old trick of the uh the scent of the baby on the clothing great idea so long as you make the association that smell that be calm do all of those things i think you're setting yourself up for a lovely life together all the best
0: so at this scan that you're going to in a few days time you're going to find out uh, so they
1: will do the blood test for various chromosomal abnormalities and they are according to google they are sort of able to learn what the gender is from mm-hmm. the nub test or something it's called i mean i looked at it and then yeah. i was like do i really want to know what the nub test is i feel like that's another thing to throw into the next <laughs> so i'm gonna hold back on on any uh revealing gender until 20 weeks and obviously i am not a person for uh you know setting off cannons blue fireworks or or what have you i did see a cracker online the other day the mum had a massive black balloon and you could see she was knackered like obviously she's heavily pregnant but she's got two wee ones already wee boy and she's carrying this massive black balloon out to the car she's lugging all the stuff obviously away to the gender reveal party that they've set up and she looks exhausted and the wee boy runs up behind her on the driveway get into the car and just goes, pop! <laughs> <laughs> and the look of crushing disappointment and exhaustion on her face because the wee boy's grinning like he's done the best thing ever. Just like, haven't I clever? I popped the balloon and all of the... All of the blue glitter is just raining down on this sad month. It was recorded on a Ringo doorbell, I think. So obviously it's not like a stage thing. And I wonder, was part of her deeply upset because her gender reveal party was ruined along with the surprise? And secondly, because it was blue glitter that came out she's going to probably have another one like him.
0: What do you do when you get to that gender reveal party so you've got all the family from both sides, all in some hall somewhere or some garden somewhere, yeah. and you rock up just completely deflated, along with the balloon, by the way. <laughs> just like a handful of confetti, like, poof, surprise! I
1: mean, she literally looks like she's going to drive away without that child in the car. She's just going to pack the balloon and the fetus and the other child that was better behaved (laughs) and leave the other one in the driveway with his scraps (laughs) balloon and blue glitter. But I just felt, oh god what a shame, she's clearly been looking forward to this for ages and you know, she'll have planned it, she'll have had to do it with these two screaming wains in the background while really pregnant and now he's just gone and he just runs up and gleefully stabs it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i oh, got it in one mom. Yeah, oh I'm mean,
0: clever. And just in case you needed any other warning about doing a gender reveal too early, here is one of our mum squad with her gender reveal story.
3: Hello team, my name's Anna. Um so when I was pregnant, we decided to get the NIPT private screening tests because my NHS results had come back slightly higher than average, so we thought just to be safe we'll get the extra tests done. Um, so when they do your blood draw for the NIPT test, they also offer your scan. So the sonographer said very confidently, "Okay, I can tell you the gender. Would you like to find out?" Um, and she, we, me, and my husband had decided before the test that we were going. To, he was going to surprise me um, by doing a mini gender reveal party with our dogs, wearing either blue or pink party hats and bow ties. Um, So uh, we got the sonographer to write it down in an envelope, he took it away, ordered the party hats um, and the next day the dogs came running through to see me wearing pink party hats because it was a girl. Then about four or five days later the NIPT official results came through um, and it was a boy.
0: So we've discussed your dog's anxieties. How are yours <laughs> doing? Because the last in the last week, you were having these mad dreams that were clearly a, a symptom of a, a bit of an increased level of anxiety.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel much better now than I did last week, and I believe that is because the scan is uh, edging ever nearer. So the mm. scan is Thursday, and there are, there's a it's a very tumultuous time with you know all the thoughts and all the worries and all the things you're trying to balance and the plates you're trying to spin. And we considered getting married in a month's time and talking all about that. And it was just a lot. And now I feel much more comfortable. I now have physically and emotionally because I have my new maternity wardrobe. I'm now able to tell people because you can see my bump And we're getting closer to a time where I can say, this is a baby on a screen. It's a baby with all of the parts needed to baby. And it's expected on this date. And I've spoken to a doctor who can confirm this. So I believe the anxiety is dissipating in that sense. I'm probably becoming more concerned about social aspects and friendships because i've been completely off radar for three months and obviously your pals will still be your pals when you resurface but you do feel as a disconnect between the person that you maybe were before you got pregnant versus the person you are pregnant versus the person you're going to be on the other side and we have a wedding this weekend coming oh god it's so close and all of my pals will be getting you know, on it. <laughs> they'll be partying, they'll be in the hot tubs, they'll be going wild. And part of me does feel already left out of that because oh. they'll, it's the first time I'll have seen them in ages and it's the first time I'll have seen anyone en masse in ages to chat to and have a good time and I know that they're all going to be having a big sesh and I'll be mm-hmm. waving from the side <laughs> it's like
0: a like a small blimp. I completely understand that feeling of longing for the person you got to be before and resenting is probably the wrong word but I can't think of another one just now the sacrifices that you're already having to make that by the way Sandy isn't having to make (laughs) um in order to cook this baby up Mm. um to become a different person even on the other end of that so that's just a a sort of process that, that I think every woman that has a baby has to go through even if you weren't you know, much of a drinker beforehand, or didn't particularly like to go out socialising. There's still things that you have to sacrifice, and you do, but you gain so much other stuff as well. Yeah. But I, I can, I can understand you're feeling a bit anxious about that situation.
1: I'm sure it'll be fine. And my friends are all lovely and amazing. I'm sure. Yeah. It's I, I just feel like I'm a little bit deprived of non-work, non-partner social activities at the moment because of sickness and the rest of it so the wedding will be a good landmark i'm gonna get back to the gym and maybe do a this class my old trainer does it. it's called a baby mama class so it's specifically for pregnant ladies so that we can all have our big old bellies out together
0: and lift some weights and tell you what that'll be a really nice time because you get to meet other women at a similar stage to you going through the exact same stuff that you're going through um and it'll be a really nice bonding experience just to get there and be able to talk to them and do, are you are, did you have a uh, morning sickness because i had all day sickness did yours just last the morning why do they call it morning sickness
1: they'll be like you know all of those they'll be like bitch i'm trying to lift <laughs> <Please."> <laughs> get away they'll probably have like some of the women that train there are super pregnant but you can see like the muscles that that baby is resting on it has like a bedrock of solid abs like i'm imagining me going in there and then being like, twins. <laughs> like <"Ooh."> oh twins Be like no
0: mostly carbonara actually <laughs> yeah but think about it who like if you were a baby which would you choose right A nice, soft, (laughs) cuddly womb that looks like an avocado (laughs) or like a rip-shredded rock to lie on for 24 hours a day. I mean, who? I mean, you would decide. Yeah, but then maybe I'm enabling it so far.
1: Maybe I need to lay down the law. This is what happened with
0: Buddy. It'd be like, only hard rock abs for you. No squishy tummy mum type um but listen so you're looking forward to a wedding you're looking forward to the scan you're looking forward to getting into this gym class you've got a great week coming up yeah okay well best of luck enjoy and uh, i'll be thinking of you and sending you some positive energy on scan thanks have a good week bye. Bye, bye. bye bye well that's it for this week's episode but join us next week when we'll be discussing 12 week scans and pregnancy worries And if you want to get involved and be part of our mum squad, then do follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram and send me a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now.